Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. Jordan as Richter. Good evening. And me, Paul, as the guy just looking through my scrapbooks of the adventure so far. Oh, I remember this one. That wall of fire almost ended Nari and the boys before they ever got started. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> and how about this one? See? Look how the frozen corpse of Polkin just looks like an ice sculpture. So beautiful. Oh, <laughs> mighty Polkin. Remember this one? The picture's dark, but you can just make out all the metal bodies of the Ormax fleeing with Nari and the boys into the woods and just that tiny spot of yellow and orange showing where the mansion was burning. Ah, uh, memories. <laughs> anyway, all the usual things, Patreon, store, ratings and reviews, Papa Murphy's Pizza, etc. Anyway, if you figured out that Vanilla Secret 2 is the fastest way to maximize your extra lives, then this podcast is for you. It's a Crystal Codex episode 97. Super Mario World. Was that a Super Mario World reference? Vanilla yeah. Secret 2. Yes, 100%. Do you guys know what the best way to maximize your extra lives in that game is? Be really good at the game. <laughs> no. You go to Vanilla Secret 2. You go halfway through. You get the marker, right? Well, you beat the level first. Then you go back in. You get the marker. And then you um, there's a box that has like the switching powers. You get the star. Uh, and then you run back and then there's all those jumping turtles at the beginning, all the all the uh, Koopa paratroopers and they all turn into coins and you just start collecting coins and it turns into three ups over and over and over again. Yep, yep, yep. I remember that. Oh, yeah. You remember that. But do you remember the theme song to the Super Mario World cartoon? Super Mario World cartoon? <laughs> That was on Netflix for a while, and my kids watched that so much. I would not let my son watch it. I would not. I remember what it was like when I was a kid. It was so bad. Yes, it was. Super Mario World, the theme song for that cartoon was Super Mario World, it's a blast from the past. (laughs) Nothing is better, though, than the old school, like, we're the Mario brothers, and we're here to (laughs) say, you hooked on the brothers, the brothers, the brothers. (laughs) Captain Lou. Oh, man. In the Netflix version, they kept in like ads for the Legend of Zelda cartoon that they did as well. And they're so funny to watch. Excuse me, princess. (laughs) Oh, man. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like the power glove. (laughs) Well, welcome back to the city of Almar in our Crystal Codex campaign. Last time we were here with Nari and the boys 2.0, they went to the Senate to... um, make their appeal to the senators, both from the high house as well as from the low house. And as Nari and the boys were expressing their uh, recollection of events in the city of Almar and pointing fingers and telling what's been really going on, as they got to the point of talking about the heralds and about Iramil, um, a certain someone in the group, namely Roos, may have pointed one too many fingers. And some of the acolytes, some of the followers of Iramil decided now was the best time to make their stand and go against 
the uh, Senate and fight against Nari and the boys. We had the sergeant at arms, uh, Sir Tiderius, with his staff who actually began attacking at Nari. Some of the guards actually followed suit and came and helped him fight, as well as somebody in the stands who started casting spells into the crowd at one point, killing Tigish or knocking him unconscious. Uh, thanks to some fast work by Gerard with a potion, Tigish is still standing, but Nari and the boys have now confronted not only Sir Tiderius, as well as one of the guards up on this dais, but also the priest of Iramil, a ceremonial position, a kind of uh, historical position in the city of Almar, who gets to be a part of Senate hearings, uh, who has just cast a wall of fire, killing the high speaker from the high house of the Senate in the city of Almar, as well as hitting Nari, Pine, Roos, and Richter with flame. And also one of the guards. And that is where we're at right now. We are going to jump right back into the top of the initiative with Nari. Nari, so you are standing here on this dais. On the dais, on the dais. On the dais, on the dais. You are face to face with uh, Sir Tiderius, but you are currently standing uh, a little too close to this wall of fire. It is going to start causing damage to you, but you you can end your turn further away or else you're going to take some damage. All right, well, I'm going after this priest. So you're going to attack at the uh, at the priest of Iramil, at Cornelius, the high priest of Iramil. Go ahead. Yeah, so that is a 26 to hit okay. or 17 damage. Okay, he's going to make a concentration check. He makes it. Okay, and then a uh, 27 to hit for 12 damage. Okay, you're going to make a concentration check. Makes it. And then with that one, I'm also going to make him do um, uh, like an axe of the adjudicator. Wisdom saving throw? Yep. And that's a difficulty 13. He makes it. Heck. All right, and then I'm going to go again for a 22 to hit. That will hit. 15 damage. All right. He made a concentration check, and his the spell is still up. And I'm going to use my Axe of the Adjudicator again one more time and try to get him to uh, fail that wisdom throw. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> yes. for me, you A turn. natural one. Okay, but that does not mean that he loses concentration. No. It just means that he will now grovel on his turn and waste his turn. Okay. Well, he's also groveling, so uh, Pine can get over there and help, or Richter, hell yeah, dude. Not till his turn, and his turn is at the end of the round. Okay, Nari, are you going to move or are you going to stay put? Yeah, if you're going to stay put, you're going to take some damage. But if I leave, I'm going to take two attacks of opportunity. Uh, that is kind of the point. Well, I'm dumped, okay. Um, so I think, honestly, <laughs> at this point, I'm going to stay. Okay, uh, make a dexterity saving throw. That was a 15. Plus four. Oh, that was a 19. <sighs> Plus four. Okay. Uh, then you save. So you 21 have to 10 fire damage. Okay. And then I am going to, uh, just as a bonus action, uh, give myself a little bit extra health. Okay. So that's 11. So, okay. Okay. Very good. All right. It is now Sir Tiderius's turn. Sir Tiderius has four targets to choose from. Uh, some of them you have been harder to hit, uh, but Roos has definitely been the easiest to hit, but he's still going to see who he's going to attack. Um, Mr. Pine. 
you have two attacks coming your way again. I think he's a little bit irritated that he really could not hit you last time, or at least not hit you very hard. Okay, so two attacks coming your way. How about a natural one, but then also a, a 28? Yeah, the 28 will hit. All right, and that is going to be 15 damage. Okay. And uh, he is going to stay put inside his wall of fire safety. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, passive perceptions of Rue scenario are enough. You see that he actually is controlling his breathing, and he seems to kind of uh, compose himself a little bit more. Like a second wind type thing. Sure. Battery deals more damage when he's at half health. Ugh. Half? I feel like I threw so many blows at him. Good lord. No, he has taken a ton of damage. A ton of damage. Um, but he is still standing. Uh, that's going to bring us now to the guards. The guards are going to they are going to actually start helping people get out of the building. I think that's probably the best that they can do at this point. They see a wall of fire. They see people standing in the fire attacking it. They, they, they see that they are way outclassed. And, and remind me, one of the guards that turned and like was like a I love Aramil. Yes. He actually killed one of the other one of the non-Aramil guards, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just straight up straight up stabbed him. Um, okay, Mr. Pine, it is your turn. You are uh, in base to base. You can you can hit either um uh, Sir Tiderius or uh, this guard who's been trying to knock you down with their shield, uh, but you are too far away to hit um the high priest of Aramil. Okay. Well, first things first, I am going to shout the storm blossoms and is restless, rending sky. And I'm going to do a rending sky technique. Okay. Um, so that's my bonus action. And then for my action, my first attack will be a, I rolled a 10, but I'm gonna use my discipline focus to make that into a 20, a dirty 20. And who are you attacking, Sir Tiderius or the guard? Oh, Sir Tiderius. Okay, and that will hit. Okay, so that will be eight piercing, three cold, seven radiant, seven thunder. <laughs> Um, and uh, let's do another uh, Unleash with Precision, Swordmaster's Fury. Another nine radiant damage on top of all of that. So do the math. Yep, I did it. Okay. <laughs> I've been adding up as you've been going. Okay. So that was a lot of damage. Also, because this I did that uh, Rending Sky technique, he has to make a DC 16 strength save, or he gets pushed back 10 feet. And knocked prone. Okay, uh, he fails, but then he um, saves instead using a legendary resistance. Okay, I was hoping to knock him into the fire, but okay. Okay, and are you going to stay put? I will stay put. I didn't mention this last time, but uh, the wall of fire actually feels pretty good for me since I'm resistant to fire. Oh, that's right. Okay. Don't you have another attack? Oh, that was only one attack. That was only one attack. That was only one attack? That was only one attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, second attack. And that's also another 10, but I don't have that uh, discipline focus anymore, so it's still just a 10, so that's a miss. We'll make you a dexterity saving throw. Oh, it's only a 13. I got a plus 8, and I only got a 13. Well, you're going to take 21 fire damage, but have to 10 because you're resistant to fire. Okay. And that's my turn. Uh, we now have uh, Gerard. Gerard is going to... You know, this is such a melee up there. It's such a maelstrom. He's actually going to... He's going to back off and start helping people out of the building as well, especially now that there's this wall of fire inside. The building is starting to catch on fire. And Tigish is going to help um, uh, the low speaker, Marilla, of the Minutia Guild out of Houghton, if anyone remembers where Houghton is. And they are going to move uh, up 
uh, and try to get out of the building. He is helping her and trying to protect her from any stray arrows or whatever might come her way. Okay, that brings us now to Roos. Roos, you are uh, able to reach uh, where you're standing. You can reach Sir Tiderius, or you can reach this guard who's been trying to knock people prone with their shields. Okay. Um, I forgot to mention with the Wall of Fire, since I, it was a deck save and I have evasion, I didn't take any damage from that. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Actually, and Roos, <laughs> before your turn, um, there is a staff striking out at you from Sir Tiderius. <laughs> um, how about that? Uh, that's okay. going to be a, tw- a 27 to hit. Okay. I guess I deserved it. That's 11 damage to you. Okay. <laughs> that's that's exactly the amount of damage that that I didn't take from the fire. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> All right, it is your turn. You are standing uh, on the hot side of this wall of fire. Um, looks like it might uh, start to do some damage if you don't move. All right, so Roos is going to attack uh, Tiderius with his uh, dagger. Okay. With a oh my goodness, a seventeen to hit. That will barely miss. Uh, okay, I'm going to strike at him with my chakram then. Okay. See if I can actually roll something successful. A 21 to hit. Uh, that will hit. For 6 psychic and and 16 precision, so 22 damage total. Okay. And that will be my turn. Oh, no, I'm going to shout, The priest of Iramil murdered the high senator! And that will be my turn. Very good. Okay, um, you're not going to move. Okay. Yeah, I'll make I'll make my deck save. Dexterity saving throw. Difficulty plus four. Oh no! I rolled a ten. <laughs> so, so plus four to fourteen. So fourteen well, is not enough. Fourteen is not enough. You are going to take sixteen fire damage, half to eight. Half to eight because of evasion. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, after that turn, um, Tiderius is going to. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Is that poison or acid? Uh, hey, dear. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's a, he's a green dragonborn. He just breathed uh, um, poison breath on you guys. Tidarius is going to use uh, another legendary action, and he is going to command the guard to um, strike out with his shield against Nari. I, he's going to attack at you with an 18 to hit. Get red. Golly! Okay, uh, it's now this guard's actual turn, and this guard is going to turn and go for Nari again. So, shield attack at Nari, first off. A natural one. <laughs> Get wrecked! Okay, and then um, the next attack is another shield attack at Nari. That's going to be, okay, that's going to be a 24. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay, that's going to be 7 damage, and then you need to make a strength saving throw, difficulty 15. Plus 4. So that would be plus 4 would be 27. Does that does that work? <laughs> am I am I strong enough? Does that mean she knocks him down now? Can <laughs> does she knock him instead? Okay, hey, now just my spear. muscles just kind of pop out of my shirt and like kind of fight back on their own. <laughs> and now just a regular attack coming at you with the spear, and that's going to be a twenty-five to hit. That will hit. And this one's going to be 10 damage. So a total of 17 damage to you this round. And then this guy is also going to stay put. He's going to try to make his dexterity saving throw. I just envision uh, him hitting into Nari with his shield and then, like, him stumbling backwards instead of Nari. But just, like, my me flexing a little bit, too. Like, not even, like, dodging or anything. Just, like, kind of throwing my arm right there and flexing. 
Yeah, but you were just like unexpectedly unmoving and he just like was not prepared. Well, that is his turn. He is done. He is staying put in the fire. He actually managed to make his dexterity saving throw. Um, and it is now the last legendary action of Sir Tidarius this round. Um, he is going to strike out at Nari. 23 to hit. I feel like I'm being attacked personally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, and you take four, you take fourteen damage. All right. Okay. Rude, but all right. Richter, it is your turn. All right. Uh, Richter will start off by pointing uh, his sword to the um, to the priest of Irmil, and he will say, "Your sins are exposed under the light of the sun, Mark of the Dawn." And he's going to mark him for judgment. Okay. And he will make two attacks at him. Do I get advantage because he's cowering? He's not cowering till his turn. His turn comes next. Ah, okay. So he'll be cowering the whole next round. A 13 to hit. That'll hit. Oh, beautiful. (sighs) Okay. So add four damage to this one. Goodness. Only 12 piercing damage on that one. Okay. And uh, does he have to do a constitution check? Ah, uh, yes, he does. <laughs> please, oh, please. Natural 20. Oh, He's super saved on that one. Okay, from now on, we need to count how many natural 20s he makes in a session. Seriously. It's like a, it's like a superpower he has. Some loaded dice here, bud. Yeah. Next one is a uh, 22 to hit. Oh, yeah, 100% hits. Uh, 19 damage. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. And let's see if he can make this save. Oh, the wall of fire disappears. Nice. Yes. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness. And that is it for Richter's turn. Is the room on fire at all? Or is it oh, yeah. like not spreading much? Okay. No, the, the, the back wall is on fire. Yeah, for sure. Be careful, though, because eventually it'll be the roof on fire. <laughs> we don't need no water. Let that mother flipper burn. This roof is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Different generations, I think. There. Um, yes. Uh, that will bring us now to the priest of Irmiel, who for most of the fight was cowering and now is literally laying down or not. He's kneeling down and bowing his head, waiting for that killing blow. And that brings us now to the top of the round with Nari. Nari, you have the Priest of Aramil unmoving, waiting for your axe to take his head from his body. <sighs> yeah. Um, well, I can, is there a way I can like do non-lethal damage and like knock him out? Yes, 100%. Because that would be ideal. Like I don't necessarily, like I, I have questions. Um, so that is a 19 to hit. Straight up hits. Okay. So that does 12 damage. And the priest of Irmiel falls down unconscious. Blood dripping from an ear. Maybe a cracked skull, but he is not dead. All right. And then I'm going... That was only one attack. Yeah, nice. I'm going to turn my uh, second and third attack to this uh, guy just right in front of me who I was hitting earlier for a 19 to hit again. That'll hit. And that is 15 damage. 
What does that look like as you strike down oh, Sir Tiberius? Yeah. This one is lethal damage. Honestly, at this point, this is an entire... Honestly, I was kind of pissed that I didn't get a hack off the head of the other guy, so my axe just strikes him through, clean through his, his neck. And his head kind of goes rolling off the uh, Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Sir Tiderius falls to the ground, dead. His head missing from his body. And Nari has one more attack. Make it three for three. Uh, okay, yeah, so I will attack this last guy who is in between uh, Roos and uh, Pine. Mm-hmm. And that is a 24 to hit for... Oh, nice. That will 18 hit. Damage? Um, let's. That will do some serious damage. Let me see here. I have to do some math because I... The cleanup I... crew over here. And then if that if that doesn't kill him, I will make him make a wisdom saving throw. Just and I'll use my last uh, axe of the adjudicator slot. He rolled a natural sixteen, so he manages to save. All right. All right, he is still standing. Um, that brings us now to lots of dead people. Pine, it's your turn. There's one guy left who's been trying to knock you prone for it seems like hours, but it's really <laughs> been like thirty seconds probably. I'll look at him finally and say. Oh, are you still here? And do a couple attacks. Uh, it's an 18 to hit him. That will hit, yes. Okay. That's uh, 11 piercing, 1 cold, 8 radiant. And I'll say, Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. Another 2d8. That's another 6 damage on top of that. So that makes it 26 damage. Okay. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. He's still standing. Uh, next attack is a 16 to hit, which probably does not hit. That, that does match his AC, yes. You do oh, hit. okay. Yeah. So that's uh, eight piercing, two cold, and four radiant. So that is uh, 14 damage. All right. He is still standing. Oh, jeez. Right. That brings us to Gerard and Tigish as they are helping people out of the building. And then another dead person. And then that brings us now to Roos. Roos, you have this guard uh, in front of you. Uh, it looks like he's hurting, but still standing. Roos is going to strike him with his dagger. Okay. For a 21 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. That will do 13 Radiant um, and 17 Precision for 30 damage. <laughs> Jeez. Roos, what does this look like as you strike him down with your dagger that deals non-lethal damage? Roos initially strikes him with his non-lethal dagger, but recognizing that he's a priest of Iramil, he pulls out his chakram and he forces that into the guy's chest and says, this balances the scales of fate and murders him. It's cold as ice, and I love it. Nari's going to whisper to Pine, remind me not to piss off Roos. Jesus. I don't know if you consider it... Is it murder, really? (laughs) And with that, we will (laughs) I mean, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying. Let's just not get on his bad side. Cue victory music! As you guys are having this discussion, as you are surrounded by these dead and unconscious bodies, the back of the building is catching on fire as people are screaming and running. And Gerard comes rushing up uh, to see what he can do, maybe to help put out the fire, now that all the combatants are are dead um, or unconscious. Nari is going to sling the uh, priest over her, the the one that's alive still, over her shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously head out. Richter immediately starts looting the bodies. 
I mean, it's gold. not. Yeah, I was gonna say there's gold, right? But I mean, it's it's also like looking for things that also might be valuable information as well. So yeah, yeah. anything that he sees that's gonna be worthwhile, he wants to take it. But okay. especially if it's yeah. information. Pine will pick up the uh, the body of the high speaker gently, kind of cradling it to bring it out. Is there any? It's like is she dead? Dead? No, she is dead. Dead. She is like she she's burned. Okay, I'm gonna pull her away from the fire. And I'm going to do something that I've been able to do for a while now that I've never got a chance to do. Okay. Ew, gross. You pull, That's you... really not cool, dude. <laughs> you pull her. That's, that is not no. appropriate, my friend. Hey, hey don't hey, judge yo. him. Not, not what you. we do with the dead is our thing. <laughs> Maybe at the school of the sun you do that, but come on. You guys know me better than that. I'm actually going to use a skill that I, I learned a long time ago called Vestige of the Crystal Engine. And because of Pine's proximity to the crystal engine and what he was able to do when, for example, bringing Hermine back with the um, with the crystal detonator, um, uh, it, Pine still has that crystal detonator and he's going to bring it out and he's going to attempt to revive her with it, almost like an electric shock, but more magical than electrical. Clear! And he'll say, Let the legacy of the crystal engine, its pure intent... Return you whole. And she should come back to life because it's been less than a minute since she died uh, with one hit point. You see her eyes flutter open as suddenly 300 gold disappear from your purse. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is she still in your arms? Yeah, she's still in my arms, yes. Um, Okay, well, I got this priest guy, but I'm a little little salty. Okay, that's fine. You see, um, you see that there are some people who are like, like shouting that there's a fire, and then um, eventually the the fire has not gotten too out of control. Before uh, some people come in, they start casting some some spells, like some shape water spells, and they start putting out the fire. It looks like there is some damage to this back wall, but all in all, the building should be okay. Does dying end my charmed effect on her? Um, <laughs> did you ever get hit? <laughs> Why don't you? I think you've been hit a couple times. Why don't you make some concentration checks? It's not a concentration spell. Oh, it's not. How long does it last? One hour. I think she's still charmed. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Does she know that she's been charmed once the spell ends? Yeah, it does. Oh, great, great. This is this is awesome. <laughs> okay, we also saved her life. I mean, like we don't have to talk about oh, it here. We yeah. should probably get out, but like we also saved her life, so it's yes. Fine. Pine, Pine is going to uh, carry her out still, even though she's now capable of walking on her own. But he'll carry her out the out the front door. Um, kind of, he knows that this is going to look heroic, so he's going to come out the front door of the Senate for the for the gawking crowds to see him carrying her. And Nari will follow behind, kind of almost in like a contrast to that, where she is like has this like priest of. Uh, your meal slung over her shoulder almost in like a defeat like in a defeated way obviously um just kind of in contrast of that so he's like carrying out this senate leader and she is slinging this guy over her shoulder in shame Ooh, okay as as we're leaving the building before we exit Roos is gonna tell the high senator and say hey I charmed you you'll know this soon but I charmed you because I wanted to find a peaceful solution to the fighting we could not find one, and I'm sorry for that. She puts her hand up on your face as you're standing close, and she goes, You sweet boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, Richter. You can cancel this charm if you want to. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, 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 I'll, I'll leave it up. <laughs> okay. Richter, before they, before leaving, he actually will go out last, and he will grab Tiderius's head and bring it out with him. Oh, and whoa. when he goes out, <laughs> and presumably there are people all around. He's going to throw the head down on the ground or kind of toss it out to the crowd and say, it is time as a people to liberate ourselves from the cancerous burden that is the worship of the angel of inevitability. This is the result of infatuation with a cursed deity. And then he's just going to walk away from from that. As you guys walk out there, uh, Nara, you have this uh, priest of Irmiel, uh slung over your shoulder. Um, everybody's kind of scorched, and you know all your clothes are like smoldering a little bit. As you come out, and Richter throws that down, um, before he tosses the head down, you can see that some of the senders are just right outside the building, and one of them is kind of talking, saying, the high speaker is dead. It's time to appoint a new one, and uh, uh, I'll take up that mantle. And then uh, you toss the head down, and they all turn to look at you. And Nari, you notice that the person who was saying that they'll take on that mantle is the same senator that kept looking above your head and back down at you guys over and over again. Collaborator. So I have the priest, and you have the senate leader. I do. Yeah, can I nod to, like, Roos or something and kind of just let him know that that's the man and have him go over and kind of just slightly detain him a little bit? Oh, Richter will go, too. If, if they're comfortable doing that. So I'm not, like, the strongest one, but I will definitely... Roos will, Roos will walk over there and grab him and bring him in front of the crowd. And I'm pretty sure that Nari is the only one with a positive strength modifier yeah. in our party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you need me to, I can, but I was just saying, like, I'll just kind of nod over there. And I mean, I feel like at this point, he's probably not going to fight that much. Oh, no, no, he's going to fight for sure. hundred uh, percent. Roos, you come over, you kind of start trying to grab him. He slaps your hands away. He's like, oh, thank goodness the high speaker has survived. I thought for sure she was dead. Oh. Richter is going to try to intimidate this guy. You were one that was collaborating with these that were trying to overthrow the Senate. No, 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 I was not collaborating with them. No, not at all. Not at all. I feared for my life. If you don't speak truth now, you will be dead here in this square where you stand. You do not know of what you speak. I, I'm a victim in this just like the rest of us. And then you hear some other senators behind say, yes, yes, we're all victims. None of us were involved. I, I don't answer to you. But here you all stand complacent while Bartas runs your city. You are all complicit with the villainy happening here. Make a uh, perception check, Richter and Roos, as you guys have approached this guy. Dan, I nodded to you guys because I really didn't want to make this big of a scene. I thought we could kind of just go behind him and... Roos, Roos got a 24 perception. Yeah, Richter got a 17. Bruce can't help himself, sorry. You both notice him kind of glance up and then look back down at you um, as you mentioned Bartas. He says, you you have no say here, no authority. Can I turn around to see where he was looking? Uh, yeah, you can look up. You can see above you, there is nothing, just sky. Okay. You don't speak for the city of Almar. I, I am a senator. You have no authority over me. And he actually turns around and starts to try to walk away. Uh, I'm going to yell at him as he walks away and say, the judgments of Lord Astromin are not bound by these hierarchies. You will face your judgment someday. Make an intimidation check. An 18. 
And I think Nari is really, really bad at doing this, but she is also going to yell to the crowd and be like, will you let this man get away? This man who almost killed the Speaker of your Senate? The man who almost killed democracy itself? Um, make a persuasion check. To be fair, uh, we're a republic, not a democracy. Oh my god, <laughs> f*** you, bitch. <laughs> oh gosh. Your um, your uh, your intimidation seems to have worked in that um, he starts to walk away very um, proudly, and then you see him hunch his shoulders and uh, hustle away. You see a couple of people actually start to like follow him, um, some other senators and things, um, probably some cronies and some friends, um, and they uh, start to scoot out of this uh, this area. I will finally at this point set the high speaker down on her own feet. Uh, she seems in a daze as she uh, watches Roos. Bruce will let the spell drop and say, as long as you are all under the influence of Bartas, this entire city is corrupt. Make a pers- uh, perception check, uh, Roos, as you say that, and Pine as well, as you guys are um, there with the uh, with the high speaker. Dude, Pine got a seven. Roos got a 22. Um, you see her cast her eyes down, as you mentioned Bartas. I was able to bring you back after the uh, fire. It would seem that the followers of Viramil had no qualms with starting a coup. I feel that there were two battles being waged in the Senate just now. One, the followers of Bartos and his corruption, and the other, the influence of the angel Iramil, not wanting to be stopped. I mean, it does seem like there might be a third, and Nari will kind of, I hope that the uh, low speaker is around and gesture to her and say, Let's not forget that there are a voice of the people. As you mentioned bringing back the high speaker, uh, Nicolette St. Clair, um, her hair is all a mess. Her dress is, uh, part of it is just charred. Um, she puts her hand on your, you, you see that she does have some, she's healed up, um, but she does have some some burns on her, on her skin. Uh, she puts her hand on your shoulder and she says, I thank you, Ambassador Pine, you said? Mm-hmm. I thank you for bringing me back. I agree. The city of Almar is at war with itself. For too long, we have looked the other way, or sometimes we've helped the wrong people. But that must change now. We must follow the tenets set down when we formed this republic and not let others have more power because of their money or the fear we have from them and then she looks uh back at you guys she says i vow this day to to no longer listen to bartas and to actually do do what i claim to do as the high speaker of the high house of almar and you can see there are a couple of senators that kind of you know they they perk up as she's talking um and you hear a couple of here here and then you see a couple more senators kind of start to slink off Richter's going to kind of walk up close to her and say, Lady Senator, you will need to, uh, let me ask you this. Are there people that you trust that can help protect you? I think so. I think so. I hope so for your own sake. Because I commend your stance on this. But you are setting yourself up against a power in this, in this city, as you well know and it will not be an easy fight. 
you will need to make allies. Allies among the people. It's easy for us to vilify the wealthy, to vilify the, the members of the High House, but I'm almost positive that uh, Bartos has his uh, finger uh, fingers in some of those other... No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling some strings, what, that's for what sure. What my friend means to say is, eat the rich. <laughs> there, I mean, there, there is influence that can be bought by the wealthy, but also, oftentimes, the people themselves, when they feel powerless, they may turn towards someone who offers them power. So I think that this will need to be a full cleansing of both houses. I agree. I believe, and she looks over at um, Marilla, uh, the low speaker, and she says, I'm fairly certain I can trust her. I think that we both want what's best for the city and for all the city-states of Rokolia. And Marilla kind of nods and uh, steps over and uh, put a hand on each other's shoulders. Maybe a great first step would be to, to change the name from High and Low House to a name that's more equal between the two parties. Money does not make you better. Oh, no, they're better because of their birth. They're all nobles. Oh, oh, well, okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, the yeah. natural order of things. That's right, uh, yes. just as the lords and ladies ordained. If you get born into a specific place, like, you're obviously bad. <laughs> yeah, so, um, actually, what happens is, is that some of these centers, they begin to... Um, group up and start to discuss some things. You uh, see that there are uh, guards have been uh, dispatched from all over the city to come here to the high house to try to keep order and also make sure that the fire is all put out. Um, it looks like things are kind of under control and uneasy. An uneasy peace has settled here uh, at the high house in the city of Almar as Gerard heads away back towards Smitchy's Bazaar and Tigish heads back towards uh, the Howling Talon field office. Uh, and you guys have a flight to catch. Wait, we still have this guy, and Nari will kind of <laughs> shoulder the uh, unconscious priest. Oh, is he alive? And they're like, oh, you guys can keep him. <laughs> Roos wants to kill him. If, if he's I, still alive, Roos is going gonna, is gonna to uh, no. bend down to, to well, end I, him. He's over my shoulder, bud. And you can't even reach that, so. That's true. It is a little tall. I mean, I could pick you up, but. Would you, you put like him down? <laughs> no, so I, I think we should ask some questions first. And then if, if you decide he needs to die. She playing keep away with a priest. <laughs> Bruce, uh, Nicolette Bruce pulls out a chakram. He says, I can still reach him up there. Wait, wait, Bruce. Oh, Jesus Christ, Bruce. <laughs> I just think we should ask him some questions before we kill him. Like Lady Lady Nicolette St. Clair sees what you guys are doing and she says, oh, I, uh, please, he he's a political prisoner. I mean, I understand that you took him, but it's in the city of Almar. It's under our jurisdiction. We would love to find out what he knows about what's going on with Iramil and, and his followers. As would I, glare at Roos. Seriously, we get it, Roos. Iramil sucks, but... Uh... At that point, I think that would be murder. Keep your pants on, bud. Look, I, <laughs> I just don't. Wait, keep my pants on. My pants I aren't know, off. You're just getting too excited. You're getting too big for your britches. Uh, honestly, they're super tight. And if I was colorblind, I wouldn't even know you were wearing pants. You know, <laughs> I, I like this color. It matches my skin tone really well. 
You're wearing flesh-colored yoga pants? <laughs> <laughs> the best kind. Those are the worst. I saw them at the gym one time, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, golly. No, I just, I think that we should, and Nari will kind of glance towards um, Nicolette and say, I think that we should maybe wake him up and just give him a few questions before our flight. Uh, behind the scenes for Ruth, he has no qualms killing anybody that's associated with. Yeah, with we're gathering that. <laughs> neither, yeah, neither does Nari. It's not about qualms. I just feel like I don't know. Like clearly, there's something going on in the city with Iramil, and I would like to know who the other people are, and then we can, like honestly, and then we can just kill him. Like I have no issue doing that. The thing is, the th- here's here's what Pine here's where Pine's coming from. I yeah, I don't trust. Like I trust a couple people here that we've we've actually impacted a few people here. At the same time, if we want allies, we can't just be cowboys all the time. No, for sure. And we need allies, especially here in the city, because this is where the gate, whatever it is we're trying to open, is. So we need to be welcome back. Yeah, we've got to we've got to kill two more heralds and then come back here. But I still think it would be reasonable to like ask him questions. Oh no, yeah, I, was... I agree that I would agree with that. But then I don't think it's on us to execute him. But see, do, do we really think he's even going to answer us? Anybody else? Any of the other followers we found have been so fanatical that they haven't given us any information. Well, in that case, it is like just Pine said. And Lady Lady Nicolette is literally standing right there, and so the idea that you would just kill him while a senator is watching when she literally just told you that he's a prisoner in the city of Almar. But yeah, no, I'm just saying that I think that we should give him a little bit of questioning. And then like, if he doesn't give us anything, then it's their problem. Like the city's problem. That That's my thought. He's in your jurisdiction. You can do with him what you will, but his faith and the, the followers of Iramil were going to destroy this city. We barely, Stopped that from happening. I agree. I agree. Something must be done. We must seek them out even harder than we have been. They're a cancer. Yeah. She says, this one, Cornelius, he's a, a, a figurehead. I didn't even, I never would have suspected that he would have been fanatical, in all honesty. He's, he's as much a politician as I am. Doesn't make me feel great about you. (laughs) (laughs) He represents certain interests within the city. And it wasn't that he was, uh, you know, necessarily the the leader of the church or anything. He was more like a political appointee. Kind of like how I don't rule Tabory. Although, if I had my way, some things would change around there. (laughs) Nari just... Like crosses her arms and looks at Pine. <laughs> well, we'd have a new national anthem that starts with "It's my party." Not <laughs> a tear falls from Richter's eye as well as he hears the song of his people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys have you have this priest of Um you, There are guards now approaching that are coming to potentially take him away um, to lock him up. You guys ask your questions. I am going to rush after Gerard. I got a question for him. Pine scoots away as uh, Nari, I'm guessing you set him down and slap him awake as his eyes kind of uh, focus on you. Is, My hand's what? as big uh. as his head. I just want that like slapping vision. Like, 
<laughs> he has one hit point. Um, he says, what? What? And he kind of looks around. He says, we failed. Yes. Yes, friend, you failed. What was your goal? To take over the city? Well, I was going to let him talk, Bruce. Silence. Sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All this is for naught. Iremia will be successful. The end will come. The inevitable will happen. Your efforts to stop it are pointless. Was it three heralds that we've stopped? Only two left? I, th- I think it, I think three, right? Let's get yeah. one, two. Oh, yeah, no, three, yeah. Okay. So, hmm. so can you explain to us what your plan was for this great city? Uh, make a persuasion check or intimidation. Do I get any help from Roos? Roos is here helping. Is he you here can, helping? yeah, yeah. Go ahead and try again. Okay, cool. So I got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got not one for my first roll, but then I did get a six for my second. So, um, he just says, Eremia will be successful. The inevitable will happen. The heralds, the heralds will complete their, their duties and it will happen. <laughs> duties. <laughs> we stopped two of them. Two of them can't complete their tasks. But we don't want to talk to you anyway. Is your boss available? Two of them can't complete their tasks currently. The the last time we spoke to one of you priests, your boss was able to like speak to us through them and it almost murdered the, the priest. Is your boss available? We'd like to talk to him. No, I don't speak to Iramil. Oh, Ooh. you're not that close to him then. And then you, you see you see a little bit of a lost look in his eyes. He's like, I have Ooh. not been chosen for that duty. <laughs> duty. Nari, how many times have we spoken to Iramil? <laughs> oh, several at least. I think we even met him face to face. Have you ever met him face to face, bud? Oh. Yeah, we, we met him. Man, that must be kind of embarrassing, dude. Oh, and you know what? He fills out apple bottom jeans nicely. <sighs> like, and the boots with mm, the fur. Oh, yeah. Uh, he stops talking. Bruce, I don't. I don't think we're going to get anything more out of him. If uh, you do what you have to do, if that's what you want to do. Well, I. I don't there are now think two that... guards standing on either side of him with their hands on his shoulders. Um, yeah, and they but got he has manacles. one HP, so you could just cough on him hard. <laughs> <laughs> one point of poison damage. Maybe just fart in his direction. Incredibly, like. Uh, Roos, Roos will stand up and say, well, I guess that's all we need from you. Then he'll scream like Xena and do a flip and throw the chakram. And it'll bounce off all the walls and then stick him in the face. <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh, that was the worst. I hated her chakram. Oh gosh. Anyway. All right. Um, they start to take this priest of your meal away. Okay. Pine, you chase after Gerard as he is heading back towards uh, Smitchy's Bazaar, and you manage to catch up to him before he gets there. He turns around, and he says, oh, my, my friend, what is it? Gerard, I just wanted to thank you. This is the second time that you have put yourself in danger for the for the good of the people around you, and that, uh, that says a lot about your character. I knew I always liked you, but uh, I think you have become more than just you know, that merchant we see all over the place, but uh, a true ally. It makes me feel better knowing that you're around. Wherever we go, 
and a valued customer. <laughs> <laughs> a valued customer, yes. Yes. Well, I, I'm afraid I, I, I really appreciate your words. I, I really do. It's been, it's been amazing running into you all over the place. There was that five-year stint where we didn't see each other, but... Yeah, where were you? I'm all over. But I'm, I'm afraid that this is it. I'm actually, I'm, I'm leaving Almar. I'm, I've got a flight to catch. I'm, I'm heading to Clinium. <laughs> in Menarest. <laughs> oh, does your ticket look something like this? And I'll pull out my ticket. What? You guys are actually like, <laughs> your seat, like B, like your seat 32B and 32A. Basically, he's like, oh, well, I guess, I guess that we'll be traveling together. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to alarm you, but uh, we think there's another herald of the angel in a near Kalinium. We're not quite sure exactly where. Well, in in that case, you'll need my wares. Yes, always. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to say that, but I also, one, one final question. You're, you're um, a, a magic user of some skill. Yes. Can you, by any chance... See things that are there but unseen. Is that something you can do? Yes, I can. Uh, it, it, should I prepare to do that? Yes, I, I, I can. Yes, it, it is. It's in my my spellbook. Well, uh, just because there was somebody who kept looking at us and looking above us, and there was nothing above us. And I'm wondering if I'm wondering if we are being surveilled discreetly. Um, he makes an arcana check and he rolled a 13, but his arcana is pretty high. He says, there are, there are spells that, uh, are invisible to the eye that, um, that are, are visible with certain spells or certain magical items, certain attunements, that kind of thing. Um, yes, my friend, I think, uh, there are scrying spells and there are, um, sometimes there are arcane eyes that might be watching. That's gross. That is, it is, it is fairly odd yes but it, there are definitely magical ways magical means of watching somebody and with the right spell where you're able to see that which uh, is hidden um, you can see the the marks and the signs of those of those spells yes okay well it's good to know um, I appreciate that thank you again now I need to go back and check on my friends and make sure they didn't just commit murder in front of a bunch of witnesses <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friend. Go, go. Make sure that they did not kill anybody. I'll see you on the airship. <laughs> it's justice. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, so what God. sorts of um, in-flight entertainment do we have? Well, we're going to have... A, they're they're going to have an omelet bar serving up uh, Porthos's eggs. Oh, wow. Oh, my, go- oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just made that up. I just think it'd be awesome. <laughs> Gerard must be making a killing. All right, uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit, I do believe. <laughs> okay, um, so um, as the day goes on and uh, you guys pack your things, pack your belongings. Hey, Paul, you screwed up. What? There's a very attractive token at the front of the ship. <laughs> I barely just saw it. <laughs> Oh, hello there. Well, actually, honestly, she looks a little too young. We are, to be fair, you were actually attracted to that token earlier um, in this game, so... I mean, I am not saying... <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
one thing I forgot, you did grab some stuff off of those dead bodies. So um, you did manage to get a total of 130 gold pieces off of all the dead bodies. Um, also, you didn't grab the armor, because that'd be a little bit much to take Sir Tiderius's like fancy armor, but you did grab his staff, his staff of office, okay? So um, you did manage to grab that. It does seem to have maybe some potentially um, magical effects, um, but um, that's kind of what you have. 130 gold pieces and then a staff of some kind. That's 32 a piece and then two extra gold. I think Richter should have it since he was so generous last time and took one less. Perfect. So Richter, you get 34. Well, well, thank you very much. The Allele Eagle is a sleek elegant ship the um angel's wrath is a warship it is lean but massive with cannons this ship is um uh this ship is a big tubby tub of something i don't know how would you describe this ship? honestly same yeah this is a um this this <laughs> ship is a passenger vessel it is built for comfort um, and not for war, not for um, uh, anything like that, not even for speed, okay? Um, as you get on, this ship is almost as wide as it is long. You can see that there are these canvas wings spreading out, uh, three on either side, as well as some fins on the back. You see there's some propellers. You can see leaking out from some sort of uh, crystal engine on the back of this airship. You see a blue smoke billowing out. Um, as you uh, board this airship, which is called the Brass Butterfly. Um, Cute. You see there are sailors moving around, dealing with some rigging and some lines. You see they're bringing on uh, provisions in crates and barrels. You see there is an old, squatty, uh, and stout man who's standing at the helm, issuing and bellowing orders. You see that he is actually also talking with Gerard, who is there, and it looks like they're talking about Porthos. It looks like the captain does not want this woolly ox on the ship. You hear, um, you hear the captain saying, uh, no animals on this ship. And then Gerard says, but he doesn't poop. It's fine. He should be fine. And then the captain says, if he doesn't poop, how does he lay eggs? And then Gerard says, because he, I don't know, magic. Um, it's they're a having this. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having this conversation uh, back and forth. You can see that there are um, other folks here on the ship. And there is a place down below. Uh, you can see that there's uh, stairs that go down uh, under the under the main deck uh, where your guys' rooms would be. So what I need to know uh, before we get underway on this trip to Colinium, um, would you guys have gotten um, expensive rooms or cheap rooms? And then if you got cheap rooms, would you have had um, single rooms or would you have shared because there is double beds or there's there's double occupancy or there is single occupancy or there is like um there's two very fancy rooms Roos will pay for a nice room and offer anybody that if if they want to share bunk with him nari certainly doesn't need a nice room but she will pay for her own space okay pine will share with with Roos. okay yeah, uh, Richter would probably also be in his own space, I think. So two single rooms and then the nice room. So, uh, Roos, your room is going to cost 30 gold pieces, and then Nari and Richter, yours is each going to cost 15 gold apiece. Okay. Okay. And I'll actually just move you guys down to your rooms. I'll go ahead and pitch in 15 for that, too, since we're sharing. Richter, your room is here. Um, Roos and Pine, you guys have a room at the back. 
There, it's got a carpet on the floor. It's got like a little, uh, like a shelf with some books and things on it. And then it's got um, two beds. It's also quite spacious. Like for a ship, you would not expect there to be a room that's like 20 feet by 20 feet, but this room is large. You realize this is the second most expensive room. The most expensive room um, is the Royal Suite, basically. Where Porthos is sleeping. <laughs> well, <laughs> that way, basically. King Porthos. We've already determined he can come up and down some pretty narrow stairs. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he can. Um, okay. Um, Nari, your room is on the port side of the ship, and uh, Richter, yours is on the starboard side of the ship, um, as you both have these single occupancy rooms. They just have basically a bed, um, no real chest or anything like that. I can't move my character, though. I don't know if that's supposed to be, but, like, I wanted to move her into bed, and I can't. You know why you can't move her into bed? Because you got to find where that other token's room is and then eventually woo her so that you end up in her bed instead. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Good job, Paul. Good. Good thinking. So you guys have been shown to your rooms. You guys can put your stuff in the rooms if you want to. Uh, You've been told that there will be a dinner served tonight. Uh, The the dining area is at the... uh, uh, is forward um, at the front of the ship. And then... um, you can go about on the top deck. You can go uh, into the dining room. There's, there's, there's lots of space here to just kind of uh, move around and move about the place. But it will also be um, a long flight. Oh, golly. Mr. Pine, I'm looking at this list of excursions on this trip, and some of these <laughs> look really fun. <laughs> I was... Yes. There's one where there's, you get to swim with dolphins. And on the one hand, it's really cute because they're like, they do this thing where they give you a kiss. But on the other hand, it's like, these are very intelligent animals that are kind of imprisoned in these small little tanks. I don't yeah. know how Wait, I feel about that. do they keep that. them on, on these airships? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just nervous about this bungee jumping off of the airship excursion. I don't trust that. Yeah, especially since like, nylon really doesn't exist in this universe. <laughs> Um, it's all about vibes, and it's fun. Don't worry about it. Um, it's going to take you about six days to get from Alar to Kalenium. You have to basically sail all the way across Dracolia and across most of Menarest. So you guys have six days aboard the Brass Butterfly, uh, trying to figure out kinds of some, some things that you might want to do. And if you guys want to talk or anything like that, feel free to do that. Uh, you guys have now set sail away from Almar as you fly above Rakolia. What do you guys want to do on this trip? You know, Richter would want to take some time to actually get more familiar with Kinnig's S-Doc. Um, I think okay. throughout all of this stuff, he's basically just been continuing to use his own weapon. But now he would want to take some time to kind of attune and figure out, you know, what's unique about that weapon. Fantastic. So, yeah, Richter, you start spending some time with uh, Kinnig's S-Doc. And as you... As you do, and as you kind of attune to this weapon and practice with it and try to get the feel for it, um, you recognize it does definitely have some magical powers, uh, some attributes that will definitely help you in battle. Um, and maybe it's something to do with being from uh, the blazing sun of the eastern sky. But as you hold uh, Kenneg's Estoc aloft, you feel power coursing through it as the blade alights and you have a flame tongue S-talk. Dope. Awesome. All right, very good. Um, yeah, what do you guys want to do here on this flight to Kalinium? That bird watching excursion sounds fun. 
<laughs> it's all bird watching. The ship doesn't stop. Oh, yes. I do love bird watching. I saw a common wobbler the other day right next to my window. It was amazing. Did you mark it in your notebook? Of course. Right along next to the big tits that I saw. <laughs> I, yeah, did I ever tell you that one time I saw a blue-footed booby? Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize you were so well-traveled, Pine. Oh, yes. Blue-footed, blue-footed booby. I've also seen some bush tits, too, yes. <laughs> well, we've all, seen, we've all seen bushy tits. Like it's Oh, fine. my gosh. Uh, we don't have to edit any of this because <laughs> it's all real. Um, Dude, bird, bird names are filthy. Wait, did we bring, did we bring feathers along with us? <laughs> I hope so. I don't think so. Where did we <gasps> last have him? Was he still in Arkleby or in uh, Almar? I don't. I don't remember where Sometimes you left you him. Sometimes you have to let a bird go free. No, I think he is. He still on the Allel Eagle, or did you guys take him to Almar? We would have brought him into. At least I would have wanted to bring him into Almar with me. I've had him this whole time. <laughs> okay. So, um, so okay, so Feathers McGraw is uh, in the hold underneath the sleeping quarters where you guys are at. Okay? Perfect. So, perfect. Um, yeah, you can go down and check on him every once in a while. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, Feathers McGraw is here with you. All right. Yeah, you guys have a few days to to fly. Um, as you guys uh, spend the first day, y'all get like a long rest that night. Um, traveling is um, kind of boring by airship. Um, you guys discover that the captain's name, uh, the captain of the ship is actually Captain Petey Thunderbolt. Ooh. Yes. Nice. That's a cool name. He's an old guy. That sounds like the kind of nickname you give yourself. <laughs> he winks at you when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I say it right to his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would name their child Petey? I mean, oh, Thunderbolt sounds reasonable, but Petey... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, Pete's my Pete's my real name, my, uh, Peter. Yeah, but they call me Petey Thunderbolt. Yes, they do. All of them. Everyone calls me <laughs> Petey Thunderbolt. Yes. Um, yeah, you guys are on this ship. Um, there's a couple of other passengers. You see, you know, Evangeline Lily is here as well as random guy. Hey, girl, what did do you? <laughs> so I, I guess at some point in in that that first night, while um, uh, Bruce and Pine are having their pajama party. <laughs> I think uh, Pine would say to Roos, Roos, I think I understand the frustration and anger that you have for the followers of your meal. If you listen to my advice yet again, unsolicited, <laughs> I would just remind you that they... they're victims in this as well. They are deceived. They've been tricked by years of... of conditioning and promises of power and a very persuasive argument some would say I just want to remind you that should we succeed they'll be free of that deception I'm not saying don't defend yourself but I saw thirst for blood in your eyes and that concerns me well I don't think I would attack anyone unprovoked but I had a conversation with Lady Jaffa and from what I understand about the world is Iremil has set the scales of Pavantis off balance 
Avantis is on a course to be destroyed. And in order to make things right, we need to reset that scale. Typically, when I hit someone with my right hand, they live, or with my left, they die. I will only hit with my left for any follower of Iramil from now on. But I won't attack anyone unprovoked. Okay. What about when the fight has already been won? <laughs> I'm still not certain we can win this. Oh, I mean, like, Reese just yesterday when the that priest of Iramil was, was down. He was subdued. <sighs> I... He had made his decision and he attacked us and murdered innocent people. I don't know why I shouldn't kill someone like that. Because it's not always our decision to make. We were guests invited to speak in front of the Senate and it's not always sometimes it feels like it. We're very powerful. I'm not going to lie. I feel I feel stronger than I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> you are the fastest old man I have ever met. Have you seen Richter, though? Like, every once in a while, he's like, hey, I'm going to go super fast, and goes just, just, like, super fast. Yeah, but Richter, Richter can do it, like, two, maybe three times a day, which is great for a guy his age. But, but Mr. <laughs> Pine, you, you have a stamina of vigor that I, I don't have the stamina and vigor that you do. Oh, I, well, thank you. I think you're right. I think over a long distance, I can totally take um, Richter, but in a dead sprint, I think he's got me beat. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I was trying to say is, you're very powerful. I'm very powerful. We have become skilled in our years of adventuring. And with that power can come the temptation to feel godly, to feel like an authority unto ourselves. And um, it's not always right to take life and death in our hands, especially especially when we are far from home, and there's others there who would have other rules to follow. That's one of the things I had to learn as, a, as an ambassador as well. I had, to re I had to represent Kira's interests and the people of Tabri's interests, but still abide by the laws of another country. I spent a long time grappling with how to decide when to kill people and when not to, and I feel like leaving it to fate, leaving it to chance, is the best way I can deal with that sort of guilt. And that's why I've left it to right and left. And that's, that's the only way that I feel like I can grapple with knowing when to kill someone and when to let them live maybe it maybe it's removing myself from it or trying to feel like I'm not making that decision but that's that's where I'm at it's I get it it's there's enough randomness there to it to uh, to distance yourself from that decision but I would invite you to come back to that discomfort of having to choose because the world is indifferent enough we can show some compassion because the world doesn't <laughs> yeah this is a world that's oftentimes devoid of compassion agreed 
But we're doing what we can to make it better, right? <laughs> to the end? I mean, I have no idea where this is going to end. I imagine it's going to end somewhere underneath the uh, Cathedral to Iramil after all five keys are in place. And Yeah. But, uh... Ay. Maybe it'll fade to black. Maybe we'll, we'll get there and we'll be unsuccessful in the end, but we will have fought our hardest and it will fade to black. But I will be glad to stand beside you when that happens. As, as do I, Ruth. You. As do I, you. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying. I got you. I got you. Uh, now, back to this list of excursions. I'm really trying to, to figure out what to do on this, the fifth day. The jet skis. Duh. The je- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Richter and Nari, anything you guys want to do? Or uh, after this first night, um, should we move forward? There's not a whole lot else I think that Richter has. He's just kind of in contemplation. It's been a little while since he's been back in Collinium. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, Nari doesn't have anything specific that she wants to do. She just is weirdly excited about going to someplace that she hasn't been. She's heard so much about Menorest from Pine um, that she didn't expect herself to be so excited, but she's very curious to see what this uh, place looks like. Everywhere you go, the air is filled with the music of It's My Party, and the streets are paved with wine, and ah, it's amazing. (laughs) That does sound like my place. (laughs) Streets are paved with wine. I feel like I've practically been there. We've eaten so much Menorie's food and and know so much about the language and the culture. We may as well have already been there. Are you pretty much Menorie's? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll induct you right now. Raise your right hand. <laughs> well, I did say I collected Menorie's trading cards of your generals and heroes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Um, here's what we're going to do. You guys uh, go to bed on this, the first night. Everybody roll perception with disadvantage. Hmm. Dude, my highest perception roll of the night, a 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With disadvantage. I got a 26 with disadvantage. Oh, my god! Oh, what? Ruth got a 14. <laughs> Richter got a 15. Okay, so 26, uh, that is the only one that is going to succeed. Nari, at some point in the night, you... You wake up, you know, you're laying in this bed. Um, it's kind of small for you. The room is kind of small. You know, you saw at one point, you saw the room that Roos and, and uh, Pine are sharing. And it is more than twice as big as yours. It's like four times the size. They're just like having a party in there. And you're like kind of crammed into this small little corner. But you wake up and you can feel the sway and the movement of the ship. And you can feel the ship turning. And it's turning it's turning right. You can feel the bank of the ship as you are um, laying here in your bunk. And you are aware that Kalinium should be basically straight west of Almar. Oh, well, that's not, that's not great. It's subtle, but you can feel it because of your amazing perception with disadvantage as you were asleep. Okay, Nari will, will get up. Um, okay. And it, it's while I was asleep, so I will try to sneak over to um, who's the closest to me. So as you move out of your bunk, you can see that nobody is out and about. You know that uh, uh, Richter is kind of on the opposite end of the ship, and then um, uh, Roos and Pine are towards the rear of the ship. 
Okay, so I will go towards Roos and Pine to try to find them and uh, bust into their room. Um, as you move into their room, um, Roos, would you have locked the door or not? Probably would have like locked it. You would have locked the door. Dude. Yeah, it would. It would be locked. Can I try to open it with like a sleight of hand, just try to be sneaky for like quiet and sneaky for a second? Yeah, the door is locked. As you reach for the handle, trying to be sneaky, make a make a uh, stealth check. So stealth is twenty four. Are you wearing your armor? I guess you just woke up from bed. I mean, I wouldn't think so. Okay, I wouldn't think so either. Otherwise, you're not going to get good rest. You go to check the door, and it's not locked. And you <sighs> slowly push the door open, and it's dark in here. Very, very dark. But you're fairly certain that you see a figure standing over the bed on the left side of the room. Bruce's bed? Um, I'm going to see what you can actually see. Oh, you can't see. Oh, there's light on there. Oh, yes, Roos's back. <laughs> um, there's no light on, but you can see. Uh, you can see a figure over Roos's bed. Your uh, your stealth was 24. I'm gonna make a quick check here. Nari, the figure standing over Roos's bed does not notice you, but you see a muscular figure, long tail, prehensile. This guy. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> with what looks like a whip in one hand and a blackjack in the other hand. Oh, man. Dude. Uh, I guess I finally <laughs> got to deal with my ex. <laughs> Again. Did you uh, want the room to, to just the two of you? <laughs> Nari, why don't you make an insight check? Nari is going to leap into action no matter what this says. Uh, that was a 20 insight. Okay. Ooh, fantastic roll. Uh, Nari, as you get down here, you see this figure standing over Roos's bed. Um, the ship literally just made the turn. Nari, you realize this figure standing over Roos's bed, there is no way they could have turned the ship. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Well, yeah, I wasn't worried about that. I figured, like, you couldn't turn the <laughs> ship from here. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I didn't need an insight check, but all right. He's, He's probably paid people. off the captain, but yeah, we'll exactly. see. Yeah, exactly. He's probably bribed people. Okay. Hey, hey, right. Good roll. Anyway. All right, guys. Until next time. All right. Hey, go check out our Patreon. Uh, we have some bonus content up there. You can also see maps of like the Senate hall that we were in before, that the high hall or the high house. You can see maps of this ship that they are on, the Brass Butterfly. It basically uh, can, looks like an egg sliced down the middle. It is kind of like an egg. It is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty chub. Um, anyway, yeah, so go check out um, all that chub. stuff that we've got. <laughs> <laughs> go, go join our Discord. You can chat with us about what's going on in the Ain't podcast. Nothing wrong with being a little chub. No, uh, nothing wrong with a little chub. Anyway, <laughs> until next time, we hope you have a great time. Bye.